All right, uh, good Tuesday to ya. Just thought I'd check in with everybody, give a little bit of an update, tell some stories about anatomy and stamp collecting. So right now here in Colorado, in the uh, physician assistant program, we have, uh, we're, we're the, I'm working with the first year students and they are in uh, into the fall term and their curriculum is block structure. So they're content is longitudinally integrated, which essentially means that they are going to be working on uh, body systems and body regions and exploring those, and then they're going to get all kinds of content that uh, you would you would need to understand those systems within uh, that five-week block. So, for example, right now it is week four of five of the gastrointestinal and genitourinary block. And what I do to fill the role, uh, to fill the need of that curriculum is I'm a basic scientist, right? I'm a PhD in neurophysiology. I teach anatomy, which is considered by, by most a foundational um, set of content for any healthcare profession. So I'll come in on Monday of week four, and week four has a certain emphasis. So the, the emphasis of week four would be like urinary uh, pathologies, urinary tract infractions, blood in the urine, those kinds of uh, patient presentations. And so I'll come in on Monday and I will give the relevant anatomy. And that's in a, a didactic lecture format. So yesterday was that lecture and we got to cover the urinary tract all the way from the kidney down to through the ureter, urinary bladder, urethra, and then cover some more of the um, pelvic reproductive structures for the male. So that was the, on Monday, and that's week four. And then the neat thing is, after I leave the lecture hall, the physiologist comes in, some more basic science content to begin the week, and they got their uh, renal physiology. So it's really neat because they get to, as the curriculum design implies, they get to integrate content in terms of basic science content with each other. There's gonna be microbiology that comes in, uh, and also pharmacology content. And then, as the week progresses, they get into the application of this content, of this foundational science, into clinical practice. So they'll do various tests and examinations. They'll talk about patient presentations and the clinical reasoning and process behind going through. And, okay, there's blood in this person's urine. Um, what could be the origin? Like, what kind of questions would you ask? Uh, the person, you know, have they exercised uh, vigorously? Have they run a marathon lately? And then you get to go through this flow chart to help the the um, the, the beginning uh, learner understand how to navigate that clinical reasoning process. So that's uh, what's going on with teaching. One other quick anatomy uh, sidebar to share. I was able to go, um, as I mentioned before, to Arizona on a family trip, and we went through Sedona. Uh, Sedona is a really neat place. We were only there for a couple hours. We had lunch. We were driving through, and I went to a uh, little store uh, there in the, the shopping district area that was a uh, candle-making store. And basically, they're, they're known for these really neat candles that have a translucent core. And when the wick is lit, the, the light from the wick will go into the center of the candle through this really opaque, clear wax and then they coat that clear core with some other colors of wax. So you can get these layered um, effects. And then when the candle is lit, the light comes from the center of the candle outward. So it looks really neat and, and they can last for a really long time. And you can also 
put you know LED lights inside. So I saw they had a skull that piqued my interest right away as an anatomist, and then I saw their pricing chart. And for you know some extra money, you could get a custom skull. And I said, okay, well, uh, I'm from University of Colorado, and that's where I did my schooling, and that's where I actually do my teaching. Is there any way you could put a University of Colorado Buffalo's logo on the skull? And they pulled up the logo on the the internet and they found it and they said yeah i think we would be able to do a, a white skull with a a black and gold um, buffalo with the letter cu inside so we went upstairs uh, after the order was placed uh, for the candle we we got some lunch and they called me up and said okay we think your candle is ready why don't you come on down and pick it up on your way out and uh, i'll go ahead and have a photo of the skull over on the the twitter um, account for the podcast, which is uh, Dissect Philately, so D-I-S-S-E-C Philately, P-H-I-L, oh my gosh, P-H-I-L-A-T-E-L-Y, Dissect Philately, and you'll be able to see images of the things that I'm talking about. So that's the anatomy uh, component there, was able to kick off a great week of teaching with the PA students and then also was able to pick up a really cool candle that obviously I I will keep in my office and I will not light. I'll need to um, install the LED candle and then I'll have to give you guys an update on what that looks like once the the light is turned on. So um, that's it for anatomy and now let's uh, transition over to stamps. For this uh, episode segment on philately um, stamp collecting, I just wanted to highlight some really good content that I've been able to um, enjoy lately. And this is through a social media avenue that is YouTube. It's real interesting to to really kind of survey the landscape of collectors. And this might be true of just about every hobby, but it seems like philately has the stigma and the direct observation as well of having very... Um, old individuals that collect. So my my only real source of info on this on this judgment of mine is going to stamp shows, and that's that's who's there. There's a bunch of of older individuals that are look like they're probably retired. Uh, they have the time. They might have the the finances now to really um, enhance their collection. And it does seem like there's a predominance of men in stamp collecting. I don't know if that's true of your hobby or. Uh, or your judgment from what you've seen from stamp collecting. But there are efforts out there. Um, you know, of course, stamp collecting is is good for all ages, and so there are definitely younger um, adults and children that are collecting. So what's really cool about our current time is that there's a real quick and easy way to uh, generate content and share that with an international audience almost instantaneously. So, of course, I'm talking about social media. And I think just to be more focused on this uh this segment, I just want to highlight things that I found on uh, YouTube. So there's a couple of uh, really good YouTube channels out there. The the one that really kind of sparked my interest on, uh, you know, what the role of social media would look like in stamp collecting is called Exploring Stamps. Uh, the host is Graham, um, and Graham um, is a gentleman that, that resides um, in New Jersey, and he is just all about the stories behind stamps, and that's that's what really is the strong drive towards stamp collecting. So he has a great channel. You're going to want to look up Exploring Stamps, and he, he's been picked up and featured by um, American Philatelic Society. I mean, he has a lot of 
press, and rightly so, because you can tell he really takes a lot of time to um, edit and produce his videos very well. So basically, when you uh, you know go through and look for at exploring stamps, and the initial seasons are basically Graham pulling a a big cardboard box out that says stamps on the side, and he'll dig his tongs into the box and pull out a stamp at random, and then he'll go on for the next fifteen or twenty minutes to to detail that stamp. He'll first, on a superficial level, talk about where it's from, the denomination. He'll talk about any postal markings or cancellations on the stamp. Uh, and just really give a nice profile of that particular stamp. And then then the context begins and then setting the stage behind this stamp from South Africa or this stamp commemorating uh, the moon landing. I mean, he just got such a deep dive into each issue and it, it always builds out to a much bigger, like, why do we care? What's the commentary on society? Who is this individual? Uh, what did they contribute? Uh, who am I? What can I contribute? So it's a real neat channel. I encourage you to check out uh, really high production quality, and that is Exploring Stamps. And I thought that was going to be pretty much it in terms of high quality, um, interesting YouTube channels around stamp collecting. And then I stumbled upon another one. Uh, this one is called Going Postal. So Going Postal is put out by uh, an educational group at the Spelman uh, Stamp Museum in Massachusetts. So talk about my dream college campus to work at. Uh, this is one of two college campuses in the United States that has a stamp and postal history museum on the campus. So yeah, maybe it's a good thing that's not on my campus. I, I might not be uh, in my office all too much. But anyway, what's great about this group is they're all about education and outreach. That, that's really a hallmark of stamp collecting, actually, um, in my experience. So many people in the hobby just want to share their love and their joy, and so they want to get people um, introduced and exposed to stamp collecting with as few barriers as possible. So when you listen to this YouTube channel, uh, Going Postal, the host, Henry, I mean, they just put on so many options. Like, hey, we've got a contest. Uh, write us, like, let us know what your your answer is and we'll send you something or hey we've got a bunch of first day covers commemorating a certain event uh, please let us know and bam my socks were just blown away when I started interacting with Henry um, and the group over there at Spelman um, Museum because essentially I, I wrote and I said hey I, I sent an email I say I wrote um, I typed a quick little message to Henry and I said yeah you know we love your show uh, we I've gotten my six-year-old and four-year-old daughters into stamp collecting, and um, you know, you mentioned that you've got some Sylvester and Tweety stamps that you know you could send out, and um, you know they would just love that. So Henry sends out you know this this care package of stamps, and it's just fantastic. And my girls are just going crazy; they just love looking at these stamps. And then a couple days later, I get another envelope from Henry at Spelman. And it's another care package. And basically, he he noticed where we live from the letter or from the email that I sent him. I introduced myself. I told him where we live. And, of course, I needed to give him our mailing address. And so he sent some first day covers of Colorado stamps, which are basically commemorative envelopes or covers that have the stamp from, I don't know, let's say 1976 when Colorado was celebrating its bicentennial. And the stamp is then postmarked and canceled um, in honor 
of the very first day that that stamp goes for sale by the post office. So, you know, on their own, these are not extremely valuable or rare, but the sentimental value is huge. I mean, here's somebody running a postal museum in Massachusetts that has the time and the attention and the care to notice where I'm writing from and to send me uh, without even asking some um, first day cover. So that's fantastic. And he also included um, some stamps. I, they're 13 cent denomination. I don't know what year they're from. I'm thinking that that kind of ties to like the mid to late 70s and 1970s. And they are a famous uh, French uh, colonialist uh, Lafayette. And that's the name of the town we live in. So Henry did a little bit of research on the history of the town. And this is some some stuff, you know, that I was aware of already, um, and also some stuff that I, I wasn't aware of. And so Henry just, you know, sent these stamps and said, hey, th- these are stamps of uh, General Lafayette, uh, which is not directly tied to your town, but you never know. Maybe the the founder of the town that chose the name Lafayette after her husband, maybe her husband was named after the general. You never know. I certainly don't know uh, the popularity of French uh, first names. But anyway, he sent us about 50 uh, almost like a full sheet of these Lafayette stamps. And, you know, they, they don't cover the entirety of the postal rate uh, at this time, but they, you can still use them and put them on envelopes. And so that's what we've been doing as we send our correspondence out. So, yeah, that's uh, just something that I wanted to share with everybody. Um, even if you're a stamp collector, if you're not a stamp collector, uh, do check out what social media has to offer. Uh, there's some great great stuff out there. I want you to check out Exploring Stamps, put on by Graham, and then also Going Postal, put on by Henry at the Spellman Museum. Well, that's all I've got for this check-in. I hope you're going to have a great rest of your Tuesday. Uh, Go ahead and get back to me. Leave me a voice message on Anchor or contact me through the uh, Twitter account. Uh, The the username is DissectGladly, D-I-S-S-E-C, P-H-I-L-A-T-E-L-Y and you'll find all the images of what I've been chatting about um, and all the links as well to these YouTube channels um, in the post over on the Twitter account. Take care. Goodbye.